And welcome to another episode of Deal Talk. I'm Deal. Let's talk. Uh, my guest of the evening is a motivated speaker. Uh, she's a fan of art. She's a traveler, but most of all, she's an author. She's the author of Acceptance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rebecca Heights. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Uh, thank you for joining me. It's an honor. How have you been so far? Um, not too bad, actually. I um, I'm just about finished book three, and as a writer, when you like get near that end, it like takes over your life, and it's like a whole new drive happening. Yes, yes, yes. I feel that. So, so what uh, what inspired you to to write this book? Because you 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 mentioned you're on your third book now. What 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 inspired? Let's let's start with the beginning, because I know sure, you're. Yeah. you're <laughs> so, what inspired Ironically, you to? to yeah. The book is called Acceptance from the Beginning. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. I agree. That was fantastic. <laughs> so the what really sort of expired, I've always loved the fiction fantasy genre, always growing up. It's always been a thing. Um <laughs> I grew up on Buffy, I grew up on oh, I on Xena. Uh, yeah, Buffy is amazing, like it shaped who I was and I would like to tell my family the nights that it came on, I would like record it in VHS if I had to go do something. Oh yeah, it was a thing. It was a thing. And um, just, I don't know, it, it just like, just like comic books and um, you know, the young, uh, the young adults, um, they have some great stories. Like just, yeah. it really sort of takes it over. So these books and these stories are the things that help you escape, deal with emotions you weren't really taught to deal with or express or process and I mean that's what the industry is about it's entertainment but it's also therapy if you think about it yes yeah so that's pretty much what drove me Um, I remember in sixth grade we had a creative writing class randomly in middle school and I don't remember why but they were like here's the book the giver it's a little messed up, but here you go. It won awards. It's mm-hmm. great. Now the book ends. What is your story after that? And so we all wrote. And so like my teacher was just blown away. I don't even remember what it was, but it was like they escaped. And then like there was like this whole yeah. chaos ensuing. And so my teacher was like, okay, okay. What about birds? If you remember the story birds, it's when they're they're in that town and all the birds are like going after people in yeah. the town. It's like a national phenomenon. It's a thing. And they're like, okay, the book ends. Now write the rest of the story and end it. And so I did. And my teacher like stopped me after class and was like, listen, you're really good at this. <laughs> and I was like, you know, sixth grade. I'm like, thanks so much. She's like, it's great. They're like, when you get older, you could. Mm-hmm. You can write books. I was like, okay. Yeah. So that sort of put the seed into my mind. And then um, I tabled it because I was like writing, can't really do a whole lot. And I hit the um, restaurant industry. I went out and did manual labor and I, you know, built my skills up. But then, you know, which COVID sucked, started because, happening. Like, yeah. Which, like... which suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, it went from, it went from bad to worse because once, once COVID hit, it just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. COVID just changed the world. And I mean, it, I mean, it really, yeah. I lost a lot of family members, unfortunately. Um, uh, not ironically or not ironically, not from COVID just literally Mm. in the same month, they just all passed away from different things. It's just bad timing. Um, 
So I was like this an emotional storm in my body. I had I couldn't go up the house. <laughs> I couldn't like what are you gonna do with it? Yeah, you can't yeah. you can't let it destroy you, you can't let it drown you. So I started writing. And when I write for myself, it's very raw. Um, and people love when I write like that. Like how I write for other people and how I write for myself are completely mm. different. Yeah. And um, so I, I turned it into a book. I turned it into a story and it's four books long. How was how was that writing process? Like, was it was it something like because I know there's a big thing when it comes to writer block or when you get to a certain point within writing a story, you just like, what else? I have to go do something else so I can refresh that mind. How was that journey for you? Yeah. Um, so right. So I, if I get writer's block where I'm, I haven't decided or committed to a plot and a story because I don't want to mess it up. I'll take a break and go do art. And so, mm. because I'm frustrated at myself and my brain for not uh, seeing me through this essentially. And so I take the aggravation out on my art, which is acrylic spray painting. Like I make a mess. Like I throw stuff at it. Like it's great. It's very great. And, um, yeah, it's, oh, it's beautiful. Like it's a whole big thing. Like airbrushing, I'm like, blah. Um, and I have to do a couple sometimes. And it sort of opens up some thinking for me um, and some ideas. And then I'll grab onto those ideas and go from there. Sometimes if I'm not really in the mood for art, but I'm frustrated and I want to work on something, um, I'll write down ideas, research it, see how it fits. But I'll also find certain music that helps me mm. um, get into that place. So if I'm in a fantastic mood, but I have to write a really depressing scene, yeah. they're not going to collate, you know. If I don't feel it, it doesn't get written. If I don't it's see not, it, it's not real. It's exactly like I'm not going to fake my way through a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I write it and when the readers read it and it's like really grabbing their soul, it's because it grabbed mine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so is it real like because when you write like that, what makes it, you know, a phenomenon is the detail. Yeah. Like it, it's when you read it, you're able to, as you read it, like your 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 head becomes because imaginate like imagine the scene detail for detail. That are you that. able to? So are you able to envision that when you write it? That's that's what makes you satisfied with with the plot or what you're writing. Yes. So, um, for example, in acceptance, the beginning book one, I wrote this whole big thing, and um, it was a gala event. Mm. I was actually going to make it a masquerade ball. I was like, that's a little cliche, but I used it like a little later, but I did a gala event and I was like, where is this gala event going to happen? So I had to invent a place. Yeah. And what I can't, I'm, I love history. I love <laughs> European history specifically. And I like a lot of their castles and their mansions and their like, you know, the old English yeah. lords and Earl homes and yeah. So I sort of saw that. And then I pulled the details together, like marble flooring and then this beautiful um, white mahogany or oak like railing and it has statues on it. And and everything is usually based in nature. So the basis for the stories are nature. 
because that's what connects us all. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's very, all of the color schemes are um, like browns, gold, silvers, like fallish kind of colors. Do you, do you like, when you, when you have an idea, right? And, and I asked this question because I, uh, I, I, I've speaking, I've spoken to a lot of authors, but you, you're different because you're, you're, you're like detailing things. Yeah. Do you act? Do you do like do research? Do you get an idea, and once you got the idea, you start doing research on, on when you're trying to what you're trying to picture. So I only um, when it comes to the when it comes to the actual places and the buildings, mm-hmm. no. Um, and I don't know why. Honestly, I just see it. Like I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just there in my mind, and I just explain what I see. But that's there's amazing. that's um. Like there's a chase scene near the beginning of book one. And what I did do is research how Sweden, it's in Sweden, Stockholm, Sweden. And I brought up the streets (laughs) and I like looked at the map of the city to make sure I don't tell them to turn right a bunch and it doesn't exist. Like I wanted it to be semi-realistic. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, how high are the... (laughs) I was like, how high is the second floor? Or like, what do the homes look like? Are there apartments? Or are they just homes? Like, I was just Googling. I was, um, so there was a fight scene. And I try to be as realistic as possible. So I'll Google the names of certain moves because I don't want to be that person. Or like weapons. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do not want to mess yeah. that up. Yeah. And there was this one literally right after the chase. <laughs> she like hides behind the garbage can and i was like but their garbage cans look different than ours this is i'm american they're not they don't have american <laughs> they're classic so i had to google it yeah <laughs> i was like garbage can in sweden what does it look like <laughs> that's awesome like, <laughs> how long did it take you to like develop the full story from start to finish like was it a long period of time? So when I first came up with the story, it took a little bit. So like at my most depressed time during after my family it happened and everything mm. sort of shut down, um, I knew I wanted to write a story, but I didn't know how I wanted to write it. So I would sit with music, like a couple of songs on repeat yeah. that really sort of like gave me that imaginary vision. And I was like, and I, so I really like, meditated and dug in there um and it sort of just unfolded on its own so i don't know um i don't know if it was me or like or like someone helping me out and telling me what i needed to do yeah yeah. i don't know but it just sort of developed on its own and so that started with a horse it started with um like someone on a horse and like running they need to go save somebody and then I was like, okay, well, that's way too far in the storyline. We got to start it somewhere else. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The wrong section. So then it just sort of unfolded on its own. It originally was going to be two books. And then I realized that was absolute nonsense. Got to make it um, three. Yeah, yeah. I knew what the plot was for the books before I started writing the main points. The mm-hmm. The small details and the in-betweens and the filler scenes are the hardest because I already knew what the story was going to be. 
because you have to like make sense of it like it's yeah. like when you it's like when you're watching an animation uh, anime show where like it's the the, the storyline is big but then you have these filler episodes that like kind of drag and it has to match us to you know certain stories and whatnot so i yep. get it yeah and you, people i didn't want people to hate the filler scenes because they're they're sort of needed but not really but like comedy relief or yeah 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 you know like is are they gonna is the comedy gonna hit different for each person are they gonna get it or are they gonna think it's dumb you know that kind of thing who's the first person you, you were like when you finished like book one who's the first person that you you let read because that's that's a that's a crucial moment in hopes that <laughs> they're there at least one tries to understand or understands where you're coming from and and you know how was that moment like who was that person so um when i first put it out i mean i my editor is the one that technically read it first um and she like loved it she was all like she was like low-key I mean I, I want to find out what happens to this person and so I, I intentionally put that explanation in the next book for her I was like yeah that mm. totally makes sense and uh, so she loved it but the person after that once it actually rolled out was actually my co-worker at the time um great guy Michael Rivera so he bought it immediately the second I texted him my book was out he like yeah. bought it ebook and then read it and two days later he was like this is great. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you got it that quick. Like, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, are you are you planning to like later on, like maybe in hopes to develop, make it to like an animation or short movie or something, make it come to life? Oh, I love that you asked that question. That's a great question. Cause I have so many plans. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am not without vision for sure. So um, acceptance, the beginning, book one, and then acceptance, the reality, book two. And then I'm about to finish Reborn, Acceptance Reborn, book three, and I'm going to have uh, number four, which isn't named yet. So book one is a, going to be an audio book um, at the end of this year. Oh, for, awesome. For people that are not a fan of reading or medically can't hold a book, they can listen to it. Yeah. Eventually, I'll do book two. but you know, time. <laughs> yeah. It takes time. Yeah. So um actually recently I just um partnered up with Undisputed Films and Sir Ooh, Marco nice. Robinson. So we're gonna make a rendition movie of Acceptance the beginning. So it is actually gonna it's gonna be a movie. That's um, so dope. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <I'm so excited. laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Yeah it is. Like slow mo and like a fight scene and like, oof! I'm super exciting, super exciting. <laughs> yes, it's gonna. It's a big deal. Like I, I already started. Uh, well, I mean, there's only so much you can do right now with everything going on. But like, I already know what I'm like making up screens and like telling them what I want, <laughs> giving them directions and how things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the That's music awesome. in the background. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Are you are you like is the audiobook gonna be a simple read or are you gonna have like uh people acting out the scenes and whatnot? Um the audiobook? Yeah. So so with the audiobook, she's literally just reading book one. So she's a uh, voice okay. actor. So yeah. she's just reading it word for word. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta make it like that's one thing 
I guess I dislike about audiobooks that sometimes the reader is just like, oh, super just dull. And like, mm-hmm. I can't, like, the book is so good. Everybody's getting so, like, I, I like the 49 Laws of Power. I have the book version and I have the audio version. And I had to buy the book because the audio version was like, like some <laughs> British guy. And it was like so dull. And I'm trying to like get into like the laws and all this. Yeah. But it's like it's so unmotivating, so civilized. <laughs> no, no, like, you know, climax or something, you know? So oh I'll say gosh. that. But that's dope. I'm happy you're doing all those stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. She she um does change her voice, uh, like for each character. Like she makes it engaging. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't just read it, like read it to read it. Like she actually is a like does different things. Yeah. I'm uh I'm really excited about her doing it. Um just because it's happening at all. <laughs> Pretty excited. Yeah, I'm like excited yeah. about everything all the time. <laughs> I mean, one moment you you're, you're you know, you're you're working at COVID hits and you're writing this book and like it, it's like almost surreal, you know, you yeah. you have every right to feel happy and joyful because it's a dream that you you made into vision and now into reality. I mean, I'll be soaked too, you know? Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I was thinking about it. Like every book I complete, I look back at it mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I, I don't even know how I did this. Like I have no idea. Yeah. Like, cause it's literally every day, every day, every day. And then you edit it and then it's like a, an ongoing project and it takes time. Like I've been working on book three for, I don't know, a while. I don't know not a year but like seven eight months maybe and it's just yeah. um it's i don't know it's a weird creation that it, like time and dedication I, yeah blood sweat and tears <laughs> literally what what uh did you did you have a lot of drafts did you have to like go back scratch redo go back um yes and no yes and no so it really helps that i know what the stories already is yeah um but there are some things that I miss that I didn't quite like. I deleted a whole character, like in a scene, and they're like, "Where's Melanie?" And I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's shopping, I guess. Like, I don't know." But um, I really didn't have to change it that much. Honestly, it's just like little things here and there. Don't forget to mention this. Or in book one, you mentioned this one thing. You have to mention it again. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's a discontinuance. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Consistency within the story. So it makes sense. Yeah. Got it. Got it. What uh, like what are, what are some things that you would look for besides music? Did you read anything or watch anything that would help you like... When you at that moment that you feel like burned out, all right, I gotta take a break. This is not going anywhere. Like, did you watch any show in particular or you know, an episode or movie that that helped you get you back on track? Um, yes and no. So like I'm a big fan of Emily Andra's uh work. So she did Lost Girls in Canada and she did why not oh she's Canadian. Let's start there. So she did Lost Girls. <laughs> yeah. And then she also did Winona Earp, which is also a, a Canadian show on sci-fi. And um, yeah. I would like to consider myself an Earper. Um, and it really, so I watched a lot of that. Like I watched a lot of those shows. And then I yeah. also watched the Comic-Con YouTube videos of yeah, that, you know, at the Comic-Cons. And so it, you know, made me really think about what they were saying. And also 
lighten my mood up. So if I was frustrated about something in particular, it always made me a lot happier. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it really depends. It's, it was mostly that um, I don't watch a ton of TV, but I sort of like to know what's going on because it's important. Yeah, stay in tune, trend and whatnot. That's that's mm-hmm. awesome. What's up? Can we, Can you, without telling... Uh, without giving too much of the story, would you able to, to give a little brief descriptions uh, about book one? Sure. So um, Selena Wilson is the main character. She was raised by her uncle, Liam. Uh, she doesn't know a lot about her history or where she came from. She just knows her parents passed away. Her uncle kept it a very like huge secret. Uh, she has glowing eyes and unusual strength, which is more mystical, but she was trained to keep it under control and keep it hidden. Um, so growing up, she had to learn how to be herself, be kind to other people, but also <clears throat> protect them and their family um, without completely knowing why or what's going on. So at, when she's older, she's around about mid-20s or so. She's has a full time job. She's learning how to be as normal, quote unquote, as possible with the condition um, of her upbringing. She also is trained in weapons to protect herself if need be, so she wouldn't accidentally hurt somebody. Um, so with that, obviously, there's she falls in love with someone. She goes on some dates. She finds some betrayal, uh, and then a lot of unfortunate things start unraveling for her. So she has to learn how to deal with those negative emotions while also not losing herself in that. Um, Because you know how when something negative or if you feel rejection or betrayal, it's very easy to just sort of fall in that hole. Yeah. Um, It's important to remember, like, we we were raised to care for other people around us and when people need help, to help them. And so she was faced with, do I fall apart or do I do what I know to do. And so that opens the door to book two, the reality. So when she makes her choices, um, you have to, the, every choice, good and bad, has a consequence. And that's what she has to face in book two. Wow. Sounds amazing. Sounds like a, an adventure waiting it to is. happen. That's it awesome. sure was. <laughs> it's an adventure to write it. It was an adventure to read it. <laughs> Well, and soon you're going to be able to love it because it, everything moves smoothly. Like you're going to be able to see it on the big screen, which is yeah. awesome, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned you're a fan of like comic books. Any any superhero in particular you you uh, you're fascinated with? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, and like immediately there was a couple. Like I did the, you know, when I was younger, there's the Batmans and then like the, you know, the Ivy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because when we were younger, we didn't always, we didn't have the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. had comic books. And so like, I also had the Mad comic, um, you know, the Mad comic book? Yeah, you know yeah. Yeah. Super inappropriate for someone my age where my brother had them and I like loved them too. And then um, when Buffy ended, they had the motion comic and also comic books as well. So I read a lot of Buffy books because they had some of the writers for the show made actual series, like different series. Yeah. For, but And I owned almost all of them. 
Yeah. It's funny because in the books, it's more detailed, oriented, like sometimes a better story than what they actually portray on the screen. Yes. Uh, well, yes and no. Um, like it still went along the line, but it was things like what there was a one series that just really stuck in my mind. What if she became a vampire and then she was like the ultimate, like really bad vampire and then she like learned to outsmart that it was like crazy i was like this is so dark and amazing <laughs> this is great <laughs> that's awesome yeah. I- i'm glad <laughs> all-, all those shows like i know buffy xena you know they don't have that now that that those shows were awesome back in the day yeah. I, uh especially I-, I love buffy i love xena i used to watch hercules like those are more yeah. like it was like adult shows but like also made for like if the kids would watch them, it wouldn't be that crazy around them. Yeah, yeah, that's I feel true. Like, yeah, I feel like uh, some shows now are just either more inappropriate or is either like there's no balance. It's either more or less. Yeah, and uh, and imagine like everything you know, everything's a superhero nowadays. Like you know, yeah. I remember back day going to the comic book store, like you know, make fun of us. Now everybody's a damn superhero, and like the story, the story doesn't even make sense no more. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about it. Like the story has to, you can't justify a plot by it becoming what you want because the characters have their own mind, they have their own drive they have their own thing and like if i want her to do something and the story she starts taking it somewhere else like i am not going to force anything like she's driving this the boat you know the characters are driving the boat Mm. you can't you can't make something happen out of thin air if it doesn't fit you can't i agree and i think that's what happens like uh like you know, example like the Marvel movies, like the 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 Eternal were supposed to be like the next big thing to that storyline with Thanos and whatnot. And it just uh, for me, it's just like what happened. <laughs> you know, so they did this whole build up and whatnot, and, and like I'm lost now. Yeah, like who's yeah. who now? So I, I get it, I get it. Um, so do you have any specific uh, specific date when you're the third book is coming out. Um, I was saying, I was saying in early 2024, but I might actually be able to roll it out earlier than that. Um, I'm not 100. I don't have a specific date, so we'll say winter 2023, beginning of 2024. I just Got don't it. have a Got date. It. Got it. But it's read and done, edited, just ready to print. No, not not at all. <laughs> so almost there almost there almost there it's like so i have adhd so what happens is i get so excited about something happening and it like completely derails my train of thought and i can't i can't really write because then it's just like this mess um but i just finished chapter 15 and there should be roughly um i would say 19 to 20 chapters so it's almost done they're almost to like there's one big thing. There's one big more event that needs to happen. I need to write it. But I um, I really want to finish the whole story, like, written by the end of September so I can give it to my editor. Got it. Got it. Do When you when you give it to your editor, do they pressure you on, like, oh, we're on a time limit? Like, because I see in shows and movies and whatnot, they're always, like, pressuring the writer to get it done. 
No, because I'm self-published. If I was mm. traditional published, absolutely. <laughs> they had timelines. What, and everything. What's what's the difference between uh, besides that you're doing it yourself? Having so right, it's like a dumb question. Um, <laughs> by doing it yourself and, and having an actual editor do it for you. Um, you, the editing or just like the book itself. Uh, editing. Editing. So I I pre-edit. So the thing about editing is there's there's plot editing, there's grammar mm. editing, and then there's also sh- sentence structure editing. So mm. the, like the the way the actual sentences. Does it make sense? Does it flow? Is it what it, logical now? Um, and then the grammar is like a whole different like <laughs> grammar. <laughs> and I don't really <laughs> like grammar. I mean, be real. And then there's the plot. So when you give something to the editor, you can't. Well, I mean, you can't, but it's not advisable that you tell them to do all three because it's unrealistic and it's a lot for them. So what I do is I'll I will give them I'll give them a story and say, okay, does the plot make sense? Not does there any holes? Does it make sense? That's all I ask. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they'll like fix some of the words, like present tense versus past tense. I'll read it through two or three times, and then I can usually catch the little things or like I said. A sentence four times in the last 10 chapters i don't like that so i'll change it so mm. like i'll catch it um so she reads it as many times as i give it to her but <laughs> 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 to be fair <laughs> sometimes i'll use uh grammarly to catch some things uh, if it works correctly um <laughs> and then i'll read it two or three times and then I'll give it to her into a final. Um, but I usually give it to one other person to just read the whole thing when it's completely done just to double check. Got and it, it. it's usually someone who likes books. Obviously, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you know, how do you determine because it's you're, 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 you know, in the process of uh, finalizing your third book, how do you know when you're like, okay, the story's done? Like, how do you know that it's completed and not editing wise, but like, just are you just book one, then book two, right? Like, how do you know when to stop or was like, okay, this is how far I will go. Not, my, right. not on to the next. I decide somewhere in the middle where I'm going to stop them each. Um, book one, I decided, cause I like to leave, I like to do on cliffhangers. I like love mm. it, but hate it at the same time. Got it. As a reader, I know how that feels. You know? Yeah. Um. So book one, I, I was explaining grief. A lot of it has to do with grief. I mentioned that a lot in mm. all my books because grief isn't just someone dying. It's a, it's a changed situation. We move houses. You're, you're grieving your old house because that's where you grew up. You're grieving friendships that you no longer have. Like you're grieving a job that you just left because that's what you knew and change is difficult. Like grief is constant. So in book one, I was describing her grief and how she was going to deal with it. And I I didn't, it wasn't a cliffhanger, but that was intentional. Got it, Um, got it. Book two was a cliffhanger. (laughs) But three will be a cliffhanger too. But I, I decided in the middle what, 
what can I, what makes sense for the story? What? So, so are you saying without saying there's a possibility of a book four? Oh yeah. There's absolutely going to be a book four. <laughs> oh yeah. There's absolutely going to, there's going to be mythology, tree of life, tree of knowledge, and it's going to be a big old fight scene and people are going to die. And it's going to be great. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, it's a, do you know why definitely it's going to be your last book, book four? Like, do you um, already know? Like, is it like I know a lot of writers said, uh, and a lot of writers and actors they'll talk and say that before you you start, you have to know the ending. Mm-hmm. It's getting to the ending, which is it's it, you know it's the work. Yeah, um, I know after after the big fight scene, I'm not gonna say a whole lot more about it. Mm. Uh, like in the, the story itself, so I'm gonna wrap it up. So it depends on what happens between the cliffhanger on three and the ending. Because if there's more information, I don't like making a book more than 400 pages for multiple uh-huh. different reasons. So I try to keep it not that big. Not that long. It's just yeah. <laughs> too much to read. It's um, well, it's not. It's also because of like um, the print because of all the increasing fees in the oh, publishing God. world are God. absolutely ridiculous. So I want it to be big enough to be amazing and give it what it's due. I do not want to rush or not say something intentionally just to move the story along. I want to give it the love it needs. Yeah. You want to give a good product out there. Exactly. Which yeah. is as an independent uh, publisher, you're doing exactly that because sometimes you just, you know, when, when, when people invest in your, your product, and they're investing money into it. They they tend to shift it around, and then once the vision you had is no longer there because now you have these people that have money influence, it makes everything you know crap. And yeah, you know. So yeah, I get it. I get it. Kudos to you for doing totally. that. Yeah, I was. Um, I really want to do a comic book. Like it's it's really something deep in me that I want to do 100% and and I was debating on doing a comic book for the series itself like a version of that but then someone suggested to do a spin-off comic book a spin-off of the series which I liked because I want to do a um, spin-off of the mythology like the gods and goddesses and mythology and like their story tied into my series so I'm playing with some ideas. It's not that's not a bad actually a bad idea. You're creating slowly but surely you you're creating this whole world and universe. You yeah. know, and it's I think if you're trying to tell a story regarding like mythology, whatnot, through comic books, it's like you you always have that special way of showing something different. Yeah. Because in, in books and readings, like, you know, you can you can tell Zeus's story so many times. You know, but it, now if you're able to like give it your own, like create it from scratch, like he doesn't have white, hair, he has black hair, or you know, yeah. green eyes, make it your way, you know, it'll, it'll like uh, it'll stand more out than in. I'm not, I'm not sure if that makes yeah. sense. I, I, no, that makes perfect sense. We have a vision of what mythology looks like based off of the stories that already existed, but they existed before they are now. Thor. Has the hammer, but what is he before he had the hammer? And I mean, technically, there's like 
a version of a show called Ragnar. I watched that. Yeah, it's a great show, right? It's great yeah. Show. I, I yeah. started watching now. It just came out on Netflix. Great. Not bad, though. For, for I like a low it. budget. Yeah. For, for yeah. a low budget show, like, yeah, it's kind of good. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, I found it randomly and I was like, this is great. But, like, it really puts a light on, like, there's more. There's mm-hmm, so much mm-hmm. more. And, you know, they always say there's the Greek gods and the Norse gods. And the Roman gods, and they always say, you know, sort of have to choose one. And I'm like, but why? Like, they sort yeah. of don't like each other sometimes, but they're also best friends sometimes, too. But why can't, what if there was a story that was mixing all of them? Like, does that exist? Because yeah. I don't yeah. think so. No, no, like, it, like, what if, what if it's like, first of all, they're family, so they're not going to get along. But what yeah. if, like, they're always telling, they're always, uh, how do I say this? Like Zeus, right? He has a he. he, They're always showing like he's a bad dad or he's a bad husband, you know. Like, why not tell a story that what what if he was a good dad and and you know his kids are just jerks, you know, like something, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Like you never know. Like it's different because we we often tell a story from a uh, uh, like a child's point of view, but what about an adult's point of view? You know, like. I I don't know different like what about Hades is not a bad guy he's just an asshole you know yeah that's true maybe maybe he was given the underworld because he is the only one that had the strength to take care of it so he saw it as a but discipline and, and yeah. stuff and one you know like but everyone you know, else would have failed yeah you know yeah yeah it's there it's there, there. yeah I mean there. it's there's so there's there, there, there's um so many ways you can twist it and, and make it your own, like especially through comic book, because the visualization can become iconic. Mm-hmm. You know, like I recently just started. Uh, I don't know why, but I just started reading uh manga, manga, manga. Not reading mm-hmm. manga in my whole life, just regular comic books. The the fact that it's it's flip over, you got stuff from the back to the front. <laughs> Right, and then uh, you start reading from here to the other side. So totally, you know. But uh, one thing I, I just reading, like I started reading, um, the wolf. The wolf never sleeps, mm-hmm. but uh, in other places it's called the wolf won't sleep. So I don't know, but like the just watching these like work of art, you know, and then the work of our regular comics, like they become iconic, and and you know. You never know. You just never know how, yeah. how far it can go. That's true, though. That's absolutely correct. I mean, comics are um, a different version of imagination. Like, it doesn't give you a scene by I mean, it does give you scene by scene. But there's still scenes in between those two that you have yeah. to use your imagination. Yeah. Like, I had this, like, you know, before before I became a dad, I was like... Every other week in the comic book store, right? Now that I became a dad, I become an adult, so I I stopped doing those things, right? But like I I used to watch I, my one of my favorite characters is Etrigan from DC. I love DC, right? And like you know they're always telling the story of like uh, the uh, uh, the demon and the man, but why not tell the story from the demon's point of view? And and mm-hmm. you start creating this this story arc of like how this man just like. He lives forever and he 
had families and he's always constantly burying his kids because he lives forever, but his family doesn't like a different mm-hmm. story. That's more meaningful, you know, like, uh, like they did the spin. I don't know if you, uh, ever watched that movie Dracula untold. Did I see that? I don't know. Maybe not. I've seen a lot of Dracula stuff though. Yeah. So it's basically like, it's, it's like if Dracula was a good guy. Okay. And they 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 told the story and we're like he falls in love with this woman and the woman dies I can't remember exactly but like he waits for her and then you know he waits for her in different life so like years pass time mm-hmm. change and he's still waiting you know so like that was a that was a a, a dope spin on a different version of Dracula though yeah I like that I like that a lot. I'll have to, I don't, I don't think I saw that. I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm just paraphrasing. It probably didn't go the exact way I'm saying it. I remember it. So don't yeah, take my word for it. But it's enough that I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's different. I, I, I enjoy different sometimes because it's just the same, same story arc, but you know, different people or different. Yeah. Go ahead. If you're able to create something like that, then it'll be awesome. Kudos for you. Yeah, I'm going to certainly try because, I mean, it's there's a lot of stories that are are very well known and they're 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 missing, like you said, missing a different side for sure. Absolutely. And I'm like, I can't wait to mess this up. (laughs) Like, I cannot wait to get in. (laughs) Hey, if you're not messing it up, you're not doing anything. That's true. So you got (laughs) to you got to get your hands dirty in some way or form. That's how you wrote these three books. Yeah. Well, two, soon to be three. Soon to be three. That's right. I'm so excited for this book to be out. I'm like so proud of it. But so um, my father passed away in June. I'm sorry for loss. Thank you. He was a great man. He's absolutely the best person ever. He um, touched a lot of lives, touched a lot of lives. And one of the biggest thing, it was that he was a huge supporter of my books and what I was doing, like anything that I was doing in my life, he always supported it. Um, and he would like research everything before you make a choice. And I was like, I will, I promise. And so he would really, I think, love this. He liked profound thinking. He liked uh, philosophy. He liked um, helping people making people think outside the box. He liked music and emotions. He's a spiritualist. And I mean, it was just, it was all the things. And so I used this one in particular. I was writing it. Um, I was up there on when he was on hospice. So I was writing it up there in New York. And then um, he had ALS. So it's, it wasn't like it was a surprise. It was, yeah. He had ALS. So um, when he did pass, I, <laughs> as grief happens, back and forth and so I really like dug in there because he was my favorite person and some of the uh, some of the scenes that I wrote were absolutely profound and we're talking about sunsets and colors and eternity and how like everyone sees the same sunset there's nothing that separates us no culture no religion is we're all the same people when we watch the sunset like it's just phenomenal I'm so excited yeah, yeah it's it's uh we are we we all see the same thing. We just have different views. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Some 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 uh some of us tend to embrace it and just enjoy it, 
and take it for what it is. Others just make a, a you know a unnecessary shit show for it. So you know it's just different views, and, and sometimes that yeah. could be okay. You know. Yeah. I mean, if people want to live in the chaos, then, I mean, that's their choice. I mean, that's what it comes down to, choices. And that's that's also what this series is about, is about choices. Is do yeah. you live in the mayhem that you're creating and be the, your own victim because yes. the only person who's making yeah. you suffer is you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. How, how much of this book, um, your first book, how much, of, like, is it a lot that you can refer to within the story um like what do you mean like they say that to be a good writer and i'm just assuming right because all the the interviews and and the pleasurable conversations i've had they'll say that you know write what you know Mm -hmm. and thou you know get the ball rolling to find some success rather than you know write about something that you have no idea about (laughs) you know like me trying to write a, a a story about a shrink and I have no knowledge of being a shrink. I could probably be the patient, you know? So like, yeah. is there, is there anything within the story that you look at and you can re- like relate to? Oh, all the time, all the time. I, as an author, I, <laughs> when I wrote the first book, I was like, I did real good on keeping my, personality out of this and it was that was incorrect my i'm all in these things like i'm totally all over the place in here um like little pieces of my own like for example um i mentioned in the prologue in book one how the main character doesn't eat cereal with milk and Mm -hmm. like her friend was like that's weird but cool it's because sometimes i just eat my cereal dry you know like stupid things like that i eat cereal dry (laughs) i don't think that's stupid now, I've ate, you know, a stupid thing is eating cereal with water. Remember growing up, we were so broke, you know, eating you know, with water. The water yeah. You know? I thought about it once. I was like, no. Just, you know, pass, pass on it. Yeah. Pass on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, um, there's things in the book that I say or phrases that I personally say that I've added um, and the nature, like, I love nature so much. Like, I, I think it there's not enough I can say about it and how it connects us all. And I really lean on that through the books um, yeah. because of like the core of the story also. That's awesome. I'm, I'm happy you're able to, to create such a work of art and, and share with the world. Yeah. I think I, I wrote it for me first, but I wrote it for my readers second. And I wrote it for my readers to help them with whatever they're dealing with in their life. And I'm hoping that it helps them, A, see the light in the life that they have and then in themselves. And then they can still, they can still be okay. Because everyone's hurting. I mean, yeah. we might be smiling on the outside sometimes, but inside, I think we're all a mess, honestly. So, um, no, I, I, wrote, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like anyone, like I'm great, but I'm also like, sad <laughs> yeah because yeah. my dad died you know what I mean like I'm really I'm happy and I love my life but my dad died and I'm sad like it's somewhere in there they said yeah I and, get it I I I, <laughs> I it's been a year been like yeah a year a year or two no a year my grandmother passed away and like I I don't know like I don't I don't like when like how do I say this like 
growing up, I grew up with my grandparents. Right? So it was a lot of, a lot of like, you know, funerals. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I grew up in Puerto Rico. So like funerals over there is different from over here. Like over there is somebody's well known, small community. We don't play music for a week. Here's different. You know, here you die, you go straight to a hole. There's no preserving memory or, or showing respect of memory. So like, she passed away and I didn't like, she was, me and her was so close that I, I didn't, I don't know how to process a death that close. Mm. You know, like, you know, sometimes I just sit and think, you know, like she was a big smoker. Oh my God. Like if I ever die of, of secondhand smoke, I know why, but like she had a certain respect for me because obviously growing up, I was very different than norm, a normal kid. And I, when it came to me, she never smoked by my side you know she's a person very quiet you know like usually those parents are stressing out smoking cigarettes to the side you know but it meant so much to me and it's like we didn't have to share words or or um it's like i don't know is that 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 thing and where you just know you know yeah yeah i don't know if it makes sense to my listeners or viewers but like it, it makes sense that you just know and we didn't have to talk and we we uh to me, it had to know, do anything to know that, yeah, I love you and she loved me, you know? And so I get, you know, that I get what you're saying. That makes me sad every fucking day, honestly. Yeah. yeah. You know, every fucking day because I I, I want to have a relationship like, like that with my son. He's six years old. He's autistic. And, you know, obviously a better relationship than I have, but like, I want to have that connection and where sometimes you don't need to talk mm-hmm. it's being there right next to that person it, it's uh enough to say everything's gonna be okay mm-hmm. yep so, that's so, true you know, you're gonna be okay so, it will it will always be okay as long as long as we believe that i mean obviously there will be nights and days that we're like man this really sucks and you know we'll cry it out and be like my the world hates us but um it doesn't it's just a dark night right now it's gonna end the day will come the sun will rise up and it's gonna it will be okay yeah every day is a new day honestly yeah Uh, yeah i think it's honestly if you you know you gotta you gotta live your life you can't live what you know based on what everybody else says or opinion or just like uh you know because that's that takes so much energy that drains you dry you know like I, i had this conversation with my sister and, you know, I told her, you know, I care what I think about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so if if it's the way I walk down the street, if I don't think that's one my 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 hundred percent, then I need to do better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it gets tough, but it's also like it gives you a drive. Like, you know, you know, is that saying, you know, life is always trying to fuck you over. Well, this is my time. going. It's going to be different. I'm gonna yeah. take her. <laughs> it's about taking on like Donkey Call, you know. So, yeah, you you it's gotta get pushing right now. You got a lot of things to work, and and don't don't forget that that's what makes you happy. You're doing what you love, and a lot of people can't say that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I learned that happiness is being happy with yourself and who you are and where you're going. Because if you're yeah. making the wrong choices and you aren't happy with the choices you're making, then it's uh, you're not, you're going to be upset and you're going to say life is beating you down. 
yeah. but those are your choices. You got to live by them. So happy, even when I make a mistake, which I do because I'm not perfect. It's, I made that mistake, my bad, super won't do that again. If I do it again and be like, for real, I'm not going to do it this time. But yeah. it's accepting the mistake, acknowledging the mistake and learning how to attempt not to do the same thing over so your life is better. That's happiness, is yeah. loving yourself. Yeah, learning the lesson and, and, and life will continue doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you, you're gonna, it's a learning thing. You gotta embrace it. Mm. And that's yep. things, once you're able to um, embrace that, you know, things are gonna be a little bit more easier. And you're gonna find yourself like realizing things are not that serious. And you, you know, continue, you gotta live a life that, you, that you're proud of. Yes. You know, and live a life that, you know, when it's time to clock out, you know, you, you can say, Damn, it was a good life. It wasn't yep. perfect, you know. And but at least you try to trace some type of perfection that made you happy, and that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. I have, and I don't know. Um, at some point, the just everything sort of changed for me, and I'm not 100 percent sure where it was. I did it, but instead of me saying I need to look good so people think I am successful. It changed. It changed to, I'm gonna dress what makes me happy and what makes me comfortable because I'm dressing for me and not other people. So people pleasing. Once yeah. you get rid of that, Jimmy wearing black shoes doesn't match his, his shot. Like his shirt doesn't matter. Shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter yeah. anymore. We're beyond yeah. that. You yeah. know. One hundred percent. You know if. Days you want to dress good, you let you know you dress good. Days you want to dress comfortable, you dress comfortable. You got to do what makes you happy. You can't go out there and live a life based on opinions because if the world's crazy now, you're gonna be more even more crazier. So like fuck it. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. One last question before we go. Like, if you had any word of advice to somebody like yourself that that's trying to write their first novel, write their first book, write their own story, right? What words of encouragement will you give them? So my advice, <clears throat> a couple of my friends came to me and said, um, I, I want to write a book. I don't know how. And I was like, well, you, you need to write it. It needs to be written. You need to mm. put the words on the paper and write it. And they're <laughs> like, but it's not going to sound great. And I was like, it doesn't matter. Do you? Do you, I say really and just so much in my story when I first read it. And Grammarly is like, absolutely not. And it deletes every single one. Like all my sarcasm, it just immediately gets rid of. But to start a story, write it how you talk and think first. Mm. Just write it out. And then after that, go back through it and put different words in, you know, some synonyms and or whatever metaphors and change it around and it's a work in progress so nothing is perfect ever ever there's not a story that a, a, an author will read through and will not change something in it they will always change something so learn to know when to let it go give it up to somebody else and let it be be happy with what you have like let it be let it be there's no perfect and then be proud. Be proud of yourself for even writing one draft. Like, that's amazing. It's seriously very hard to write down 
a story sometimes and to commit to it and put your emotions and vision in there. Be proud of whatever it looks like and be proud for every step after that first draft. Boom. There you have it, guys. Mic drop. Um, bah. Bah. There you go. <laughs> Um, before we go, tell the people where they can find you at. Sure. So I have uh, a TikTok, which I'm very popular um, about myself. I'm very proud of myself for having a... <laughs> <laughs> Not popular. I didn't mean popular. I meant proud. Uh, so my TikTok handle is um, The Exalted Peacock. Is my handle. <laughs> and then my Instagram handle is um, height underscore Bristow underscore revolution because I'm weird. And then I'm on Facebook as well. Rebecca Height author is my official page. And then I have RebeccaHeight.com, um, which is my official, official page. And then my books are on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and at little bookstores around the country. Boom. There you have it, guys. Go check out The Acceptance. Go support her. Go get her book. Go follow her. Go show her some love. Um, thank you for joining me. Uh, make sure it's an honor talking to you. I had super so much fun. You're yeah, awesome. <laughs> we're gonna do this at book three. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely can't wait. Uh, make sure you go to my YouTube channel, uh, Deal Talk TV. Go like and subscribe because if you subscribe, you're able to support all these amazing entrepreneurs and authors like Rebecca. Uh, go follow me on Instagram at Mr. Dot Dream Inspired Tane. I'm on threads. I'm out, guys. Have a good night. Thank <laughs> you.